Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Dr. Ruth Gaudian. Ruth is the Chief Learning Officer at Weill Cornell Medicine and the former Assistant Dean for Mentoring and Executive Director of its Mentoring Academy. Her work on optimizing success has appeared in Harvard Business Review, Forbes, Psychology Today, and other major outlets. And she is the author of a wonderful forthcoming book called The Success Factor. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so excited. So what do you wish more people knew? So I firmly believe that nobody wakes up in the morning saying, in my life, I want to be average. I really think that people want to be successful, however they define it, but they don't know how to get there. They have the potential, but they don't have the plan. I wish people knew that being a high achiever is actually a learned skill. You can actually learn how to do it. And I created the blueprint for it based on my work with extreme high achievers. And that's what I wish people knew. So my wife has been telling me for years that she wishes I was more of a high achiever. So <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Honey, you listening today? Um, <laughs> so what do you think I can do to make myself more marketable, more higher impact in my work? How can I have the kind of results that I know I want to have, but just can't yet find? So before we talk about what you need to do, we need to talk about the mindset you need to have. So what I actually did was I spoke to the most successful people who I could find, Olympians, astronauts, Nobel Prize winners, CEOs of major organizations, to figure out what made them so successful. Then I reversed engineered their path to success and realized there were four elements. So the astronaut is just like the Olympian which means these are actually learned skills. So there's actually four disciplines that they all had in common. And this is, if you can get this, you will see that you become more successful. So the first thing is you need to figure out what it is you are intrinsically motivated to do. What are you passionate about? What would you do for free if you could? You don't care about the awards. You don't care about the medals. You don't care about the recognition. You don't care about the shout outs. This is why you are put on this earth. You cannot see yourself doing anything else. That is your intrinsic motivation. That is your fuel. That's what's going to keep you going when things get tough. So that's the first one. The second one is you have to want this. You have to want it badly and you have to be willing to work for it. And that's where the work ethic comes in. But the work ethic comes in when you want something. You want something and you're willing to fight for it. That's where the work ethic, you do not drop that pen at five o'clock because there is still that problem that you want to solve. And it's as a result of that, that these high achievers never question if they will overcome a challenge because they know that they will. Instead, they focus on how to overcome that challenge. What is the strategy I need to figure out? What do I need to do? What do I need to think about? Who do I need to get in order? That is what's so important. So it's not if, it's how. And the third thing is they have a very strong foundation, which they're constantly reinforcing. So just because they got the Nobel, just because they got the um, Olympic medal, doesn't mean that they stop working at their skill. So basketball, 
Kobe Bryant was at the gym at the wee hours of the morning doing drills, the same drills you would see in any junior high gym. I don't know of a single Nobel Prize winner who stopped doing research just because they won the Nobel Prize. They keep doing it. Every athlete I've spoken to said that everything that they have done that's made them so successful, they've actually learned in their first six months in the sport. They've just perfected it over time. And finally, the last thing is, if you think you're a know-it-all, you actually know nothing because the most successful people in the world are constantly learning and constantly being open to new knowledge. Now we all hear about the billionaires, the Mark Cubans, the Warren Buffetts who read for hours and hours a day. That, that's their way, you can't copy their habit, but what you can do is recognize that what's made them so successful is that they're just open to new knowledge. For them, reading books and the newspaper works for them, but there's so many other ways. You could read blogs, you could read articles, you could listen to podcasts such as this one, you could watch videos, you can actually talk to people. So another thing that all of these high achievers realized, they know their limitations. They're willing to call out their limitations and they surround themselves with mentors who can give them other perspectives. So they're always open to these other perspectives. So those are the four things. And if you get that, if you understand that, then we can work on a plan as how you implement all of that. And not just a plan on how to implement it, how do you change course when you have a change in your life? So what worked before may not work again, but we can, we can find ways of, of how to do that based on where you are in life. So passion, purpose, practice, and perspective sound like the, the four P's. Ooh, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. All right. There you go. Um, but you, you said something just now that, that really made me think. And that's the role of a mentor and the role of feedback, which is important to me as well in my work. What happens when you hit that wall or feel like you're not making the fifth P, progress? How long do we give people? How long should people give themselves before they stop and say, what I'm doing isn't working. I need to revisit my approach. How do we, how do we, how do we look to others to help us get past those brick walls? So first of all, you have to recognize that these brick walls happen and they come. And that's where that, where I was talking about the challenges and how to overcome the challenges and, and the approach that the high achievers take is I need a new perspective. I need a new strategy. But the other thing that they all have, as I said, is they all have teams of mentors who can get them out of this funk when things aren't working. Because what happens is when you're so deep into things, you're so deep in the jar, you can't read the label. So these mentors are really here to put things in perspective and really explain that the problem you're seeing is not as big as you think it is. And there's ways to overcome it. And there are ways to overcome these challenges. Let's figure it out. Let's draw it out. Let's talk it out. Let's write it out. Let's whatever we need to do. And sometimes knowing when to just stop is so important. So a lot of the, the Nobel Prize winners who I spoke to, they said, knowing when to put pause on a project because the technology is not where we need it to be is the most, one of the most important skills. You can't go down this rabbit hole forever. You have to know when to put it on pause, put it on the shelf for a while. When the technology catches up, we can take it back down. And that's what you see the top athletes are saying, 
something's not right. I, I have to sit out today. That's a big deal. They're, the athletes are knowing how to do that. We have to learn how to do that. Yeah, we just saw that. I mean, how timely with what Simone Biles did in pulling out of her competitions for reasons that for many seemed to be challenging to understand, but for her seems so obvious. When, when you do run up against those brick walls and you look for mentorship, do you suggest that people look outside their industry and outside their space for that broader perspective? Or is it better to talk to people whose insider knowledge might actually be an insider advantage? So you actually need both. So you need people who are within your industry because they know the vernacular, they know the challenges, they know the politics, they know the opportunities. But you'd be putting yourself at a disadvantage if you don't, did not also have mentors from other industries. Because if you're dealing with a challenge in your own industry, that challenge could have been solved in another industry. And you can learn from that and take that expertise and save yourself a ton of time. So I think having the perspective of other industries and the, the broader, the better. I tell people, I, my, my mentoring team has physicians, scientists, educators, business people, lawyers, military. The, the more diverse the team, the better. You also want to have different layers. So you want obviously people who are very senior to you, but you also want to have what I call frontors, people at your level right? Because these are the people who can empathize the best. They know what you're going through. Um, you can talk it out and, and they don't judge. They also know other opportunities that are coming and will support you and you will support them. And again, peers rise together. So you will not stay at that um, student forever face, right? You will rise together. And then um, the last one is you cannot be close to having mentors who are younger than you because they can teach you things, right? They, the, the way that they are used to doing things at such a rapid pace, you may not be used to. So, you know, whenever there's a new software program, new technology program, someone who's so used to it can teach it to you in, in minutes, what would take you hours to figure out on your own. So they can teach you, the mentors can teach you new skills, they can teach you new talents, and they can save you a ton of time. Mm -hmm. what, what I'm hearing from you today is that in terms of the road to achievement and the path to progress, there are certain behaviors that can be learned and can be applied. And that starts with us, things that we can do to ensure our own success. Mm. At a certain point, we can only go so far all by ourselves. That's we right. need that group of mentors, of peers, who can support us, challenge us, and push us to that next level of success. And sponsors. You also need sponsors. So these are the people who will talk about you when you're not even in the room. These are the people who will nominate you for the awards, the opportunities, the choice assignments, um, the promotions. You need those people to be in your team because if you're expecting, and you know, we have a, a mutual friend, Andy Lapata, and he talks about this all the time, Pi, if you are expecting other people to notice your achievement, you are wasting your time because only 10% of your success is based on your performance. 30% is based on your image, 60% on your exposure. That's why I said pie, performance, image, exposure, 10%, 30%, 60%. So you have to do great work and you have to have a great reputation, but that's minuscule. People are just not even going to notice that unless there's someone who is 
providing that exposure. So you need that help because you can only do that humble brag, but for so long, then you need some help with that as well. And that's where your sponsors can come in. Yeah, I love the idea of developing yourself through the efforts of others as well. It's a great right. wish, Ruth. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.